Hey guys, it's Kat. And it's Russell. And this is Critical Whimsy. Russell, how's your week going? Going quite well. New puppy, so lots of excitement in this. <gasps> Tell us all about it. Cool. Um, it's a lab crossed with pit bull, crossed with blackmouth cur, which is not a breed I <laughs> was familiar with. It sounds like a snake breed, yo. Mm. Some American hunting dog breed. Okay. Crazy. Yeah. Do you ask her what her political feelings were? <laughs> Sorry, okay, carry on. <laughs> Everyone wants to hear about the puppy. Only got it yesterday, so there's not a huge amount of news. Uh, named it Aria. The long process of um, house trading has begun. You look like a tired parent today. Mm, I am a tired parent today. Shame How was your week? Yeah. Yes, let's, I want to talk about me. So, glad you asked. I am honestly exhausted. I have not been sleeping well this week. And today was just the flipping marshmallow on top of the melting ice cream morning. Uh, I woke up at five. As I mentioned to you, Russ, I decided that I'm not crazy anymore and I stopped I first of all I just tried to stop the one antidepressant I was on and this thing is pretty uh hardcore with its withdrawal and everything which uh you know for our listeners who kind of find that word a worrying word regarding antidepressants and anxiety because people say doctors will say you know it's addictive there's a big difference between being addicted to a substance and wanting to, you know, take more of it mm. and needing a fix versus um, an antidepressant anxiety pill, which you, you know, have brain chemistry too, but you don't want to increase it. You're not kind of going to sell your ring, your wedding ring on the streets for it. I sound like I'm defending my withdrawal anyway. So I then changed to tapering off, which did help, but I don't know. I did something wrong today. I I had a coffee this morning. That's and never a good I also thing think that maybe Yeah, it really, really sometimes I drink a coffee and it's just fine, not a problem. And this morning I had a coffee and then I actually took an anxiety pill, not the one I'm trying to go off, but another one. Oh my gosh, I sound like a mess. Um, I took that just before we started potting because my stomach was hurting so much, you know, and I was like ready to podcast like two hours ago. And eventually 20 minutes ago, I snapped a message and I was like, let's do it. I can't wait anymore. I just want to talk about my problems. I mean, Russ knows all of this. So he's just being polite. Hiking's going well. Good. Still very enthusiastic. Sure, a good 10 kilometer tomorrow morning. Well, just what the doctor ordered. And I've got a new position that I'm starting next week. And I'm very excited about it. It's a good fit for me. But I'm going to be working really, really hard. And it's going to be tough and it's going to be adjustment. And I've been kind of coasting for a while. So, and it's going to be changes. You know, I, I, I immediately start trying to control everything and I go 
when will I podcast? What is the time? Then I'm just like thinking to myself at five this morning, I should message Russ and ask him if he's cool with six o'clock in the morning podcast. I'm mean, just don't do that. You're being crazy right now. Mm-hmm. The answer would have been no as well. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, I was just checking. Okay. <laughs> then I'm like, okay, cool. I've got this half an hour break before my mo- between my morning sessions and my afternoon sessions. So what I can do is I'll podcast from my car. Maybe I'll get a cool like bathroom voice effect. So then I'm just no, Catherine, the Wi-Fi on that, the 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 data on that. So you can just imagine what my mind looks like right now. My my I've got a smartwatch. For those of you who don't know me personally, of course I do. I'm a hacker, and it keeps on setting off an alarm and going. You need to breathe, have a glass of water. It actually tells you when your heart rate is accelerating and mine is doing that just spontaneously while I'll just be sitting down. So I guess my long, but I'm good. You know, I'm good. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just a little bit, um, I'm going through some stuff though. Speaking of people who are super fucking intense, I've got some interesting I experienced something, you know, last night because now I'm, I'm, I'm becoming a bit of a, I'm, 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 I'm pretty intense. And and one of the things I noticed with hiking and training every day, I can do my usual dopamine TikTok every night. But yesterday, after a successful work interview and a hike and everything and work, I kind of was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to have a glass of wine. I'm exhausted and what spontaneously came up on my feed was just a cut from the Joe Rogan podcast where he's talking to his, I don't know, his producer or whatever. And they're talking about the mountain from game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. And he's just super intense. He's just, you know, that guy, he's a Viking. He's a Viking. Um, you can see he's got the DNA and you just know his dick, you know, his dick is like the size of a seal. And he's just carrying on about the mountain from game of Thrones with these burning eyes, you know, just really super. Yeah. He's like power. Yo, he's so, he's got such a big dick. And he just put, and there was just this kind of two minute clip of this. And I was watching him and I was thinking, you know, maybe I'm okay. Maybe I'm not doing that bad because this is this is a lot. <laughs> this is what yeah. Joe Rogan, who has millions and millions and millions of followers, goes and and talks about with this passion, like he's spitting at the mic, yo. So I just wanted to share that. Uh, speaking of uh, him and his conviction of who gets what penises, what's our topic this week? Uh, so for this week, it's escape the pain. It's one of the things we do to try and alleviate the pain and get away from it. And I've decided that since I'm clearly in a bit of pain at the moment, I'm mm. going to focus on everyone else I know who does really bad things to deal with it, to make myself feel superior. So like Joe Rogan, I hope you're going to assist me and tell me about a uh, explanation of what our topic is and maybe discuss your latest because this is an unfolding story on the show today Russell always has unfolding uh, episodes uh, cliffhangers and what have you so I'm thrilled because I actually don't know a lot of the details of this I have been 
a gentleman and an officer and I haven't asked him, but now I'm going to, and he's already given me permission. So Russ, yeah, definition. And then <laughs> what we, we, what I think is your, your expression of dealing with pain. You're not going to be able to get away with not talking about your pain with that in this. That's got to come out. <laughs> Just letting you know, giving you some of, time. A, I think it's come out abundantly already. So, but, but sure, <laughs> a deal. Nice sight. And, uh, you know, this wasn't a popular move with you. But uh, I have um, resurrected an old friends with benefits set up of that going on yeah I'm, I'm not sure how much more there is to say on that necessarily okay so first of all let's take a step back okay escaping the pain yeah so the very kind of title implies we can't escape uh, well this is something i believe is the word escape we can't escape something that is inevitable and pain is inevitable as we grow as we live so life is pain as someone once said and many dark others and fatalistic. sorry how dark and fatalistic but like yeah. Yeah. Said, life right. is suffering so. so so okay so you put a yeah so you agree <laughs> yeah. good and one of the big ways is kind of sex I think the big way that people try to escape the pain, what is the pain? So for everyone, there's a different manifestation of the pain. Uh, and I don't know, but I pretty much presume that even though we're also terminally unique, it actually feels the same inside, which is why, you know, we can connect with people when they say, you know, I'm in pain or whatever. But what most people do most of the time is they find ways of dealing with it through escaping it in it's kind of a dysfunctional thing. So Russ and I differ here, but I would argue Russ was feeling a bit of pain, which is why he resurrected. Why would I disapprove kind of of the specific uh, example? I don't you know, know. It's uh, just the impression that I got from you, that you weren't... Um... Mm -hmm that on board with it because it comes with a lot of baggage i think this particular one it does come with a lot of baggage and the person of interest has a lot of baggage and isn't necessarily emotionally available and it complicates a very complicated situation and i don't know if you how much you're going to share about the situation because it's your story and not mm. mine the emotionally unavailable thing is not an issue. It's friends with benefits. We're not trying to date. We're not trying to have a relationship. Just occasionally get together and have sex. She's a lot like me. It's not, we don't require the emotional connection in order to get it on, which a lot of people do. Get it on. Yeah. So I spoke to her yesterday and because Russ and I have these codependent lives, which are terrible. And the thing that came through for me was how much she cares about you and how important you are in her life. And that you are on her mind a lot, you know, even if she's 
talking nonsense and saying she's not going to talk to you about something which she has already spoken to you about or you're aware of there's a lot of emotional connection i mean her like all all russ's ladies has a, a great fear of me the queen of the the damaged folk and me sabotaging you know or taking what she says to you and possessing it so already they they i mean emotionally unavailable you both are very emotionally needy in my opinion i'm going to say that so there's a, like already the scape comes with dishonesty just to kind of challenge you a bit no but i mean the emotional connection there is one of friends i don't see it as more than that it certainly isn't from my side and i don't think it is from hers so there's a lot of compartmentalizing happening i guess yeah what kind of pain do you think you were dealing with and going through to kind of get to a place where you felt that a friends with benefits situation would help you feel better well i didn't necessarily link it to specific pain or anything like that i been a while since i got laid um seems an apropos time and all and why not and it's been something we've been trying to get to happen for a few months and just never got round to it from her side she's just recently broken or been dumped by a guy and that was quite a saga and story late night car drives with drug dealers to go try find him and yelling outside trailer parks and all so been an interesting stalker so one of the ways i think that people try to escape the pain another word they use is they go loneliness because one of the greatest pains we have in life is the pain of loneliness mm. and you know i think that when we're lonely and i speak from experience we sometimes are just grateful for the people who are around us as opposed to finding people that are good for us i guess because she's your friend the question would be how do you feel about her in your life is she a positive force or a negative force ultimately i think a positive force nothing's ever exclusive of only one or the other but never black and white it's all shades of gray have to try that on some right feel so would you say <laughs> yeah yeah 50 shades of gray yeah yeah okay all right all right hmm okay cool so i won't kind of push it further okay because it's your it's your story and it's your podcast Oh. and that's my podcast too <laughs> as as a uh, remy malik's character of freddy said in his movie bohemian rhapsody they said you are a legend and he said we are legends i am a legend <laughs> he couldn't bear <laughs> same thing 
and this is our podcast. This is my podcast. Uh, a little bit of megalomania. Okay, so then what I want to then do rather than kind of, because I don't want to kind of come across to you, but especially to our listeners, that this is like a righteous attack or sex shaming thing from my side is then how would you kind of describe ways of dealing with the pain, escaping the pain in unhealthy ways that you or you've seen other people do, but specifically you, because on CW, we're trying to adult and trying to adult part of that is taking responsibility, I think. Ways I try to escape the pain is uh, the good old stock standard, let's get drunk approach. No stranger to copious quantities of wine. Uh, from time to time, I do engage in shrooms or chunga. So those I regard as heeding, but also potentially trying to escape the pain. Just push it off. And Does it work? I think so. I think so. Feeding on the spot, too much focus on me. What are some of your escaping the pain methods? How do you cope with it? Well, what's really interesting, and I don't know if I've mentioned this before on the pod, but I think I have, is in Russell Brand's autobiography, Recovery, there was a, a kind of scene he wrote about where he was in rehab and one of the counselors or nurses, I'm not sure who, said to him, he was kind of listing all the things he had addictions and problems with. And she said to him, how clever you were to find a way to deal with the pain. And on one side, we have dysfunctional behavior acting out self-harming mm. behavior which can be very very physical and very tangible and sometimes can be very very subtle and then you know on the other side of the argument we have the fact that humans are survivors and the most unlikely people are survivors and sometimes what looks terrible and is terrible is it's something it's it's a way of saying I want to live I don't know how to live and this is the way I this is the way that I can because sometimes the pain is too much sometimes being alive is too painful and if we don't want to just give up if we don't want to just kill ourselves we do things that might seem shocking to the outside world or, you know, the average Joe or extreme in nature, but actually is, you know, escaping the pain. It's a temporary solution. So, you know, I think that's really something to kind of keep in mind is that I, I know that for me, the way I've escaped pain has always been from a very, because I'm an emotional person, I act out emotionally. So for me, it's not really about substance. 
it's about choosing the wrong people in my life and allowing toxicity in. So for me, yeah, it was very, so, and I felt the ramifications very quickly whenever I try to escape the pain, mostly because I'm sober when I'm acting out, which is a very, very difficult thing to deal with because I think that if you're high or if you're drunk and you're escaping the pain, you don't necessarily remember some of your actions or you can kind of lock them out a lot easily. But if you do this stuff, when you are dead sober, I can commit to this, that it is the most exhausting and soul-destroying thing. And the amount of shame that happens because then your mind is alive, your mind is, is going, you know, rapid fire. So it kind of, it's always very mental for me and it's always very, very sober. And I mean, I'll just, and I've spoken about my rock bottoms so many times on this pod. And it basically is me getting to a place where I kind of crack and I end up, you know, back in therapy. Oh, I have to go on another anxiety pill. And, you know, the consequences, you know, for instance, two years ago, when I went on an anxiety pill, and I mean, it had been, I'd been on antidepressants, and I don't know if they weren't working, or if I was just too anxious. And it was only treating the depression or it was exasperating it. And I found a doctor who was just, you know, you should go on this. And he said, oh, it's got quite a bad come off. You get very um, committed to this one quickly. It's, it's going to have a withdrawal. And at the time, I remember I said something like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. I'm in pain. I don't care. I just want to... I don't even want to feel good and I don't want to feel happy. I mean, those are the greats, but what I want to feel is just numb. I'll take numb right now. And as someone with depression where numb is death, it goes, it shows, it says a lot for anxiety and what it puts me through because naturally, and again, I'm probably covering all territory. I'm a depressive. So my natural setting before I took any medication was just depression. It wasn't anxiety. I didn't really feel anxiety. It was the depression was too kind of forceful and powerful in me. And then, of course, you start treating the depression and then the anxiety kind of flares. And, um, and that's kind of been this, this kind of very sober, very conscious thought I've had when I've wanted to escape pain of, I don't care. It's something I've said so many times that I only mean in the moment, but it feels like the moment is endless. And I say that I've said it so many times. I don't care. I just want to feel better. I just, I have, and it's not even, I want to, I have to, I have to work. I, I work around kids. I cannot afford to, you know, let the seep out. This, and it starts to feel, it's interesting because what the pain feels inside of me disconnects my clarity of how I present. And then what comes out on the outside is a very, very 
I'm always fearful of that because I'm so disconnected and I'm so consumed. I, I feel like the way I start presenting to people is super intense and super needy. And I'm just dying for someone to save me, to notice my pain. And, you know, it's really interesting because your friend said that to me last night. They said, you know, I have just helped so many people in my life. And I was speaking to one of those people today and I wish that they could say to me, how are you? Would you give me 20,000? Can I give you 20,000 rand to help you with your business? That, that, that was the follow-up, very specific amount. <laughs> and, you know, and no one does that. And I've done that for people. And, and, and I kind of start to think that I'm very unattractive to people. And I am. And then, of course, you feel so unattractive. And I don't mean that even in a physical way. I mean it in a kind of a, my energy is so shitty. And then what happens is that I start accepting really crappy people into my space. And what happens when you have really crappy people in your space? Well, if it's like me, it ends up with you all talking about your dysfunction and bumming everyone out <laughs> and just being stuck, being stuck. You know, of all the places you can go, you go to the waiting room of life. I have a question for you because you're quite obsessed bordering on monomaniacal about your hiking now is that not potentially an escape from the pain so that's a really good question and a lot and what's really interesting do you know what i find really interesting about the hiking is that people very seldomly criticize people to their face about overeating Mm. or drinking too much or taking drugs or smoking too much or beating their wives or their girlfriends or their boyfriends. And yet every time I bring up my hiking in groups, it's very, people are very, very comfortable to kind of disdain it and judge it and kind of call me monomaniacal about it. And so what happened with my hiking story is that I was in a very shitty space in December yeah. and I was scared of getting depressed. And I had a very overwhelming situation where a lot of people had left me with very unruly, very needy dogs. And they were very unhappy and they were making my cats very unhappy. And I've always been someone who doesn't, I don't like walking to the shops to buy an ice cream, you know, just drive there. I, I park as near to the gym as I can when I go swimming. So I, I, I started taking them to the park, the park near my house, which is a very, very big park. I started taking them there just so they could get a breath of fresh air. And then what I found out was that that breath of fresh air that I was giving them every day was making me feel pretty good. And I started going further and further. And then all of a sudden, I started to realize that I really looked forward to it. And I also started to realize that my mood was improving very, very quickly. Mm. And that 
even though I was really unfit, I was getting so much joy. And there would be moments where I'd be puffing up a hill and then all of a sudden I, you know, get an endorphin and understand as a depressive, I'm very sensitive to um, running highs. Add that into the fact that I'd had a terrible injury in August, September this year with a broken elbow. And ever since then, I've been very, very careful with my body and I haven't really been exercising. And walking was so simple and my arm was just swinging and I just started to feel better and better. And then I started to think about how I wanted to go further. And then all of a sudden I kind of started to hike these kind of, uh, you know, not very far, not very challenging, but enough, enough of a walk, you know, a 40 minute walk every day or every two days. And it became this amazing thing. And then connected to that, where I joined the club was that, you know, I do, I do struggle. I, I hate going to clubs and I hate going to bars and I dislike small talk and I dislike groups of people. And the problem with me is that I always choose staying at home over going out. And that is anxiety and COVID has not helped me become, I've become a very, very introverted and I was already introverted and it's so much more easier to have a pizza at home and watch TV than it is to go out and try. And, and I think, you know, my therapist kept on saying to me, you need to join a hiking club. You need to join a book club. And there weren't actually any hiking clubs at that point, really. Uh, or they were very expensive ones where you had to go. The traveling was too far. And I just had a lot of anxiety. And then from walking every day, I remember I joined a hiking club and I saw that they were going to go to Sekobos. And my first reaction was, there's no way I would ever go there. I've never been to Helderberg. And it's too far for me to drive. And then I, I was like, okay, I'll just wait for them to kind of hike down my road or something, you know, because I do, I get scared of like going and driving into unfamiliar areas and I'm always worried I'm going to get hijacked and I'm a frightened person. And I remember I went on the, started off on this walk that day. And then it just occurred to me as I was walking, what if you just sent a message to the group and asked for a lift, then, you know, you would definitely get up and you would go and then it became a whole process of you know being really excited about something every weekend and, and an achievement and having really nice conversations where I didn't have to worry about saying the wrong thing because the people that I spend this time with I don't have to speak to but if I do I can just talk about hiking or how much hiking is terrible or can you take my photo and it was kind of my first experience in a very long time of being around people, socializing and making small talk that didn't feel minimal and irrelevant. So escaping the pain in regards to the hiking and my, what I think is like my, my passion about it is that I see it only as a good thing in my life. I mm. see it only as something that I have no interest in online dating anymore it has filled a huge gap in my heart and in my soul I 
had a crazy day on Wednesday because I ran out of time and I've been a little bit batty this week because of being kind of uh, changing my meds and whatever. And I didn't hike and I got home and I just wanted to go for a hike after work, which is also just showing how I can change and how I can grow. And the fact that I would get home at five o'clock and not go, oh, well, now I just need to collapse. Instead, I go, well, there's enough light for me to hike. And it was raining and I still wanted to go. And that's just amazing. It's showing that I have the ability to change. Add to that the fact that now my body craves a walk and I'm by no means a bodybuilder or crossfitter, but it feels stronger already. And it's been it's been just over a month. So I I actually do think you know, for years I had doctors say to me when I would kind of cry in their rooms about my depression and my anxiety and why my meds weren't working and should I, they would stop them. They go, go to gym and try walk on the treadmill for five minutes. And I hated the treadmill. And I really, the only thing I really do at gym is water and occasional yoga sessions. And all of a sudden I discovered that hiking involved not just I thought I would hike and I would listen to podcasts while I hiked or listen to music but actually I don't I don't take a phone with me I just walk and I listen to nature and I mean I've seen baboons I've seen a, a snake skin while I was in a car driving away thank goodness I'll never go back there I've seen mongooses I, it's been uh, such is uh, what what an amazing gift it's given me so no I don't think it's escaping the pain because also and this is something one of our leaders said is that with hiking especially on in really intense hikes you're in the middle of nowhere and you're you're sore and you're tired and you're hungry and you're thirsty and you all you've got you're actually too tired to maybe talk and maybe no one's around you or maybe you don't want to and all you've got is the demons in your head keeping you company and all the thoughts that you think that you could normally look at your phone to get away from, or you could turn on a TV or even read a book. You can't escape anything. So you are you and you alone out there and what you've got to do. And I mean, you know, kind of being in a hike an hour in and having an anxiety attack is an incredibly intense experience mm. and you you are in your head and I mean I'm not a big chatter on hikes actually so it's not as if it's been a huge social thing for me I normally think I think for hours and I have to let those bad thoughts in like I let the good thoughts and and it's yeah no so there is a huge amount of accountability that comes with it to answer your question, <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? Uh, certainly a healthy way. I'm still not 100% sold that it isn't an escape. But, I mean, it's a healthy, good one. So I also think that, I mean, you mentioned a very interesting story. Well, not really a story, just uh, something that you heard from a friend of yours mm. uh, where they had kind of decided to buy a bunch of pink paint and paint their house pink and we kind of had a chat about that and how it's really interesting because the way there's nothing wrong with painting your house whatever color you know uh good for you but 
this person in question presents as quite a hardcore metalhead. Hmm. And there's also that that's also kind of I thought about that a lot this week, and I thought about all the kind of reasons for what are you escaping, what are you not dealing with, you know, trying because that's what a lot of about escape is. It's 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 geography, it's environment. Uh, you know, a lot of people literally they go when they're unhappy in life they go I need to go on a holiday and they go on a holiday they leave their shitty life and they go on a holiday Mm. and then my thing is that you come back to your shitty life and the most important thing is to make your home environment or your current life your work everything as pleasant and as supportive and stimulating as possible so your everyday life has to be the escape from the pain you can't go somewhere to escape the pain your routine your way of living that is how you're defining your pain management Mm. and your pain solutions so it's really interesting because if you can see it in someone and there's a disharmony of pain and you can kind of see the the moments where they're trying to do something to reassure themselves and yet they're contradicting it. That's also really interesting. I think that, I mean, I think you mentioned uh, kind of, we were talking about the topic a few nights ago, and, and I actually, I did think about what you said, and like gossip is a huge way of people escaping the pain, gossip and judgment, because mm. if you can gossip about someone, and for some people it is really bizarre, like, gossiping about actors or something yeah tabloid thing and that some people you know the way i actually and i've definitely been guilty of this i remember when i i worked in a, a kind of a group environment and there were certain friends i knew that the only way we could connect was if i had some shitty piece of information about someone else and let me tell you, when I left that job, there was such a flooding of guilt because what I didn't take into account when talking about how ugly and stupid and unattractive other people's behavior was, was how ugly, stupid and unattractive my behavior was making me feel. And when I no longer had someone to spew that on and I had to live with those feelings, I realized that I was actually in so many ways throwing up mirrors and I was just saying terrible things about people in order to make myself feel better and escaping the pain of my insecurities and and I actually spent a lot of months really battling with that something I find really helpful with therapy is how it's an environment where whatever you say is okay and you can say whatever you want about anyone in the world, even the people that you should never say terrible things about, like your parents or, you know, your guards or, or anything, your boss, and it's completely safe. And I find that, that that channeling, that rage or anger or fear or dissatisfaction I have in my real life 
really, really helps me leave it alone in therapy and then keep it in a box and then kind of go back into the world and then be more interested in being present because I think escaping the pain is also escaping the present. I think it's a really interesting topic and I, I really, I really like it and I hope we can visit it again. And I mean, I think that everyone's going to want to know what's unfolding with your love life because you now have the love life in the podcast which I'm thrilled about and I mean now the boyfriends come back and there's a meetup today so that's very exciting and you're going to meet up with the boyfriend too so Russ is going to oh and the best part of the story guys is that it's a devil door oh well that's what she told me because now we all talk Oh, yeah around each other and so this is also the best part of it is she is from Krugerfornia so she's also another devil's daughter and I'm very very pleased about this as you can all imagine for those of you who know me and love this podcast listen today we spoke about you know I did and Russ please write a warning today uh, maybe I'll include it in the title remind me but um I did mention you know suicide and stuff and you know we live in a very sensitive society and people listen to our pod and it might kind of be you know is this a challenge and you've got to be really careful about that and I can be quite careless uh especially on the podcast which is crazy and I just want you guys to know that you know if you're South African then please phone SEDAG please always try and contact someone if you are feeling this way. Uh, you know, one of the ways that helped me get through this week was telling Russell. And, you know, a, a really interesting part was that, you know, Russell has a different mental illness to me. So what I'm kind of doing is very different from any advice he would get. And he's really tried to be supportive, but I know it's not something he necessarily understands mm. that I'm doing. And it seems very risky behavior. In the same way, I think some of his behavior is risky. That's okay. But the fact is that he's someone I can talk to and I can, you know, and I'm not going to, and and, and I also think, uh, I think I'm, I'm not someone who really cares to justify myself. And so I can say that to him. And if he's like, but why, what's wrong with you? I can be like, well, that's what I'm doing now, you know, and that's really cool. So if you have someone that you can talk to that, I think the correct phrase is, is not judgmental. But if you're like me, is like, don't care if they're judgmental. Not that Russell's judgmental at all. <laughs> but try go over try not this to be. fucking medication. Yeah, yeah. Try, try, try not be a hoops. And um, but if you are suffering, please contact someone. If you're in different um, countries, I know America's got 911, <laughs> but don't go 911. Just like, I don't know, you guys have better health and all those things contact someone get in touch you know the first thing to pain management is like sometimes it is connection and Russ and I are both two people who have felt pain so deeply we've gone like off the deep end so I just wanted to kind of add that because in case you also want to like drink a bottle of wine and, and trauma after a pretty heavy uh, topic but sorry guys uh, CW is my mirror and Russ's mirror and you know if we're bummed up we're gonna bring that shit to you and dump it here 
but yeah, just take care of your beautiful selves because we love you. And, and we really do love our, our listeners. And that sounds like a crazy thing. But when, you know, Russ reads out the stats to me, I, no matter what conversation we're having, if he just throws in a, you know, um, you know, he's like, oh, bumming is so fun. And then I'm like, oh, and then he's like, but we got so many listeners on this episode. I'm like, oh, so we really, really fucking love the shit out of you. Um, CWs we care about you we always want to hear from you uh, thank you so much for all the breaks we take and all the little you know the the funny episodes and the sad episodes and you know just for taking this journey into a new year with us because you guys on so many ways are my pain solution you know you are my I don't even I can't even say you're an escape because I confront so much on this podcast and I try to be so true to you guys and true to myself. And that that practice of authenticity is, it, it, I, I've never ever done a podcast and felt worse about myself. And I hope that maybe it functions like that a little bit for you guys, but that's all I have to say today. <laughs> and you, Russ? No, I would agree with you on a lot of that. Um, it's a bit like therapy here for us in the podcast. Mm-mm. Okay, being forced to say things. Cat's good with her interrogations of me. Forces he me gave into... me permission. He, mm-hmm. he, he gave me permission. Don't, yeah. don't listen to him. I got interrogated. He knew what was coming. I was so, I was so well behaved. Anyway, carry on, Russ. That's just how we really like you guys. Really glad you're all listening to us. Really like you. That's the emotionally unavailable one of critical whimsy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I love you. And Russ is like, really like you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he ain't making you breakfast in the morning, CWs. Cool. Well, I think that's about it for the day. So if you guys want, uh, we're on Facebook. Just search for critical whimsy. Or drop us an email, criticalwhimsy at gmail.com. However you want to, please get hold of us. Look forward to hearing from you all. Yeah, and guys, if you find us on Facebook, and sorry we're so old that we're only on Facebook, and we're trying, we've got the other stuff, but we just are so much admin. Okay, but guys, when you find us, don't just spy on what we wrote. Actually connect with us and like our page and shit, because... You can't be like a stealth, a fan, commit to it, you know, be, be a cat, commit to it, your heart, your soul, your mind and hike, you know, but hike to that Facebook page and press like. <laughs> okay. There we go. Mom so, and yeah, I come I mean... again. <laughs> All right. But until we speak again, guys, and goodness knows what time of day we will. So you guys will still get your podcast whenever you want to feel like deigning a listen, motherfuckers. But for us, we'll have to be doing some very interesting things to make sure we can get our podcast out to you uh, next Tuesday. But yeah, until then, uh, I'm Kat, think critically. I'm Russell, be whimsical. <laughs>